0: How many of you enjoyed the conference, it was so amazing. Really what, uh, what God had, had done and this Sunday we are so excited, we are so excited because this Sunday Pastor Ruben Sandoval Jr. is going to be bringing the word of God this Sunday morning. He's going to be here preaching the word of God. Invite out your friends and family members and we will be having a great time in the house of God. How many of you love Jesus tonight? My journey, the journey, your journey, every single one of us here today, we're on a journey. And there's those times in our life where we don't know how we're going to make it, but God always sees us through. There's those times when things are going really good and things look really great. And, you know, we enjoy those times of the journey. But the journey that you and I are on, it's so awesome because the reality is this is that God is the author. Not only the author, but also the finisher of our story. Um... The book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, the Bible says these words. I'm going to be uh, continuing our series, the journey, talking about how every one of us has a testimony. Verse 1, the Bible says this. It says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Verse number two, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning and shame, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Why don't we go ahead and pray this evening. Lord, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for everything that you're doing inside of our life. I pray tonight, Lord, that wherever uh, we're at tonight in our journey, that we'll always know, God, that we have a gift of our testimony. I pray tonight, Lord, that you would strengthen lives, you strengthen hearts. Lord, I pray that I would decrease... And that you would increase Lord. we bind every distraction we bind every strategy of the enemy lord god that will try to hinder us god from worshiping you lord from lord god tuning into your word tonight lord we pray tonight lord that tonight will be a night of encouragement god tonight will be a night lord where your name is uplifted and that your name is exalted lord we pray tonight lord god that we don't leave this place the same way lord but we would walk out god refreshed and edified god as we look at your word God. will be sure to give you all the glory All the honor and all the praise and all of God's people said, one of the things that I hate is jury duty. Have any of you ever been there? You know, where you're there and you're just trying to get out and you're saying, you know, all kinds of things so you can get out. But sometimes the judge and the attorneys, what do they do? They keep you there because you look like a perfect ideal juror. And uh, we've all been there in that place where you and I, well, maybe many of us, maybe not all of us, but we've been in that place where you and I are presented, where we have to decide a case uh, the evidence is presented, the, win- the witnesses come forth and begin to bring testimony about what took place at a certain time and an event. And all of a sudden, the jury, what we have to do, uh, the, the 12 uh, people on that panel have to decide the fate of the person who is being defended. So you got defend- the, the defendant, then you got uh, the prosecutors that are coming and bringing accusation against someone who is defended. You and I, as Christians, as believers of Jesus Christ, I want to tell you that you and I, we also have something that you and I are defending to the world. And what it is, is our testimony. Our testimony. Uh, Whether you believe it or not, uh, the world is the courtroom, Uh, the devil is the prosecutor. And Jesus is our defense attorney, our advocate that comes in our defense. And you and I, as believers of Jesus Christ, we're witnesses to the things that God has done in our life. How many of us, God has done amazing things inside of our life? I mean, maybe for you, maybe God restored your marriage. Maybe God, uh, maybe you're single, you're living right for God. God's doing that mighty work. And I think a lot of times we underestimate what God's doing. And then I think a lot of times we can even forget what God has done. And we constantly got to be reminded of his goodness, of his grace over our life, of what he's taken place, what has taken place in our life. We can never forget what God has done inside of our life. And when you and I remember what God has done, we remember the testimony of what we know is true. And that you and I, to the world, to the world, guess what, church? We're the evidence that Jesus not only died, but resurrected. That he not only died, but you and I are evidence. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, You're evidence. Your testimony is evidence that. God is doing something great inside of our life, and you and I, when was the last time you shared your testimony? You might say, Pastor Danny, I don't have a testimony. The title of tonight's sermon, take it home with you. Every single one of us has a testimony. Every single one of us has a testimony that you and I can bring to the world to bring honor and glory to Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Mark chapter 5, verse 19, Jesus, Jesus said something to uh, the man, the, the Gadarene, was is demon-possessed, and he said something very awesome. I think a lot of times we overthink our testimony. It needs to be embellished or it needs to sound really cool, but you know, the reality is this, is that God just wants us to speak the truth of what he's done. The Bible says that Jesus said to him, no, go home to your family and tell them everything that the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been to you. He says, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been to you. You know, one of the greatest form of apologetics today is what God has done inside of our life, our testimony. Um, that you and I we could come to the world and begin to tell them about how good and how gracious and how merciful God has been in our life. And that's the greatest form of evidence. And that you and I could de- defend the faith and give an answer to those who come to us and tell us, you know what, I don't know if what you're saying is true. The Bible says this in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. It says, But sanctify the Lord in your hearts and always be ready. Everyone say, always be ready. To give a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for your hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You and I, we always have to be ready to give an answer to those who ask us of what's the reason you have hope? What's the reason why you're so excited? And you and I present the gospel. We present our testimony with meekness and fear, knowing that what? Knowing that this might be the last opportunity that that person has to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. In 1993... Eighty-nine percent of Christians who had shared their faith, they agreed that it was the responsibility of every Christian. How many of you think that's true, that you and I should share our faith, you and I should share our testimony with somebody else? Many of us think that, that you and I should. We, we all should. We all should share our faith. And, for example, this Saturday, uh, they're going to be having an outreach Uh, at the park we've seen that right there the young adults are opening up an outreach but it's not only for young adults it's for whoever wants to come to this outreach at the park and that would be a great time for you to what to share your story to present testimony of what God's done inside of your life and how many of us know that you and I we want to be a part of corporate outreach whenever they have outreach here at the church You and I, we do want to be part of it. Why? What does it do for the believer? It 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 stirs us. It stirs us. I remember as a kid growing up, we were at outreach every single weekend. Oh man, every single weekend we were at outreach on Tuesdays. We were at outreach on Friday nights after church. We we're at outreach on Saturdays. Then we go overboard a little bit. <laughs> but this is the reality that many of us we've been to Disneyland more times in the last two years than we've been to an outreach. And if you and I want the lifeblood of the church flowing, it's found in evangelism. Amen. It's found in corporate outreach. It's found in getting with other believers and going out and telling people the good news of Jesus Christ. It's found at your jobs. When you and I have the chance to present the gospel, the gospel to someone, that you and I present the gospel to them with boldness, that you and I present our testimony unashamed because how many of us know that God has been so good to us? He's been so very good to us. He's been so very good, and you and I, we want to present that testimony to the world. Today, just 64% say that evangelism is necessary. There's a 25% drop in evangelism, 25% drop. Since 1993 to 2018, there's a 25% drop in those who think evangelism is critical, sharing your testimony is critical, sharing your story is critical, but you and I... As believers, we must share our story with the dying world that God is good, that you and I are forgiven, and that he has a plan for our lives. The first point tonight is the significance of your testimony. The significance of your testimony. One of the greatest testimonies ever given in the word of God was given by Paul in the book of Acts chapter 26. And in the book of Acts chapter 26, we we know that Paul Is on his way to Rome but before he gets to Rome he he is he comes to the courts and he he's he's interrogated by a lot of men of prominence in, in the Roman nation one of them was Festus another one was King Agrippa King Agrippa and all of a sudden Paul uh, uh, he's, he's on his way to Rome, but before he gets there, he gets into this courtroom and begins to share his testimony. King Agrippa tells Paul to speak, and in the book uh, of Acts chapter 26 and verse 5, the Bible says this. Paul's speaking to uh, these men and these women, these prominent people, and he says these words relating his testimony Um, He says, they have all known me for a long time and can testify. He's talking about the Jewish nation of Pharisees. He goes, they can testify if they're willing that I conform to the strictest sect of this religion living as a Pharisee. And now it's because of my hope in what God has promised my ancestors that I'm on trial today. So you might say, well, what is my testimony, Pastor Danny? Well, our testimony is where we've been. Where we've been. Who We were. And Paul begins to say, you know what? I was a Pharisee. Uh, He says, I was part of the strictest sect. Of the Pharisees and this is where I was and these men they can testify that they know that this is true that I was a Pharisee and many of us here today we know where we've been you and I some of us we could say you know what I was in jail I, I was bound I was lost some of you could say I was broken my marriage was was shattered and and some of you can say I was an alcoholic I was a drug addict some of you can say you know what I never got involved in that stuff but I had anxiety and depression and I was running from God we all have a place where we've been a place where we've been and Paul begins to tell them I was a Pharisee in doing this we set up the platform of what God has done inside of our lives so important that we do share this with the dying world Atheist Gillette, he talked about an encounter with a Christian who was trying to share the gospel with him. And Pen Gillette, he's an atheist, he's a famous atheist. And he said these words about this Christian coming and beginning to share the good news with, with him. And I, I think this points to why we should share our testimony with the world. He says these words, he says, How much do you have to hate somebody to not reach them? He says, How much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting is possible, everlasting life is possible? and not share that good news with them. And you and I in our testimony, when we share our testimony, what it's doing is showing the world where I've been and how much we love them, how much that you and I care for them, how much we want to see them come to the Lord. How many of us know we don't just want to see each other, you know, make it to heaven. We want to see many more people come to Jesus Christ. Verse 11, in this text, chapter 26, he says, many a time I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished. He's talking about believers, Christians, the way. He said, I tried to force them to blaspheme. I was so obsessed with persecuting them that I even hunted them down in foreign cities. Verse 12, on one of my journeys, on one of my journeys, I was going to Damascus with authority and commissioned by the chief priest about noon, King Agrippa, as I was on the road, a light, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun blazing around me. And my companions, we all fell to the ground. And I heard a voice saying in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goats. Then I asked, who are you, Lord? And this is what he says, verse, uh, verse uh, 15. He goes, I am Jesus. Whom you're persecuting, the Lord replied, now get up, stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. This is awesome. This is powerful. All of a sudden, Paul begins to say about his Damascus Road experience of what Jesus had done inside of his life and where he met him. I want to ask you a question. Where did Jesus meet you? Do you remember the night? Do you remember the day? Do you remember where you were at when all of a sudden Jesus invaded your life and he called you by name? He called you by name and said, he began to call out your name and he said, start following me. He said, stop pushing against the goads. Stop pushing. How many of you know what the goad represents? It represents a stick that has an iron tip on it. An iron tip that uh, animals, when they wouldn't want to listen, they'll get that goat and begin to prod it in the direction they needed to go. That's showing to you and I, we can never run from the call of God. Why? Because our life begins to get very uncomfortable. And what began to happen in Paul's life is he talks about this experience on this road to Damascus. But uh, young man, young woman, uh, I want to ask you a question. Where's your Damascus road experience? Who told you about Christ? Was it your parents? Was it your mom and dad? Was it an aunt, an uncle? Maybe you came in uh, to revival and all of a sudden God got your life. Maybe you're here today, you were in jail. Maybe you were in a hotel room crying out to the Lord and all of a sudden Jesus met your life. But I want to tell you one thing Paul says in his life, when that happened, his life was never the same. I know that is true in our life. When Jesus meets our life, you and I are never the same person. You and I are transformed by the power of God. You and I are a new creation in Christ. I'm surprised we're not a little bit more excited about that. You should be so excited tonight. You're saying, Pastor, I'm so excited. I'm taking an in and out burger tonight, Pastor. <laughs> and we're going to go out there and witness to those who are there. Amen. Why not? Um, God called him to be a witness. God has called you to be a witness. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a witness. Then ask him, will you testify? You might say, well, I don't really have a chance. Do you have a phone? Are you on Facebook? You can go live tonight and all your friends will see you witness about what Jesus has done inside of your life. You don't even have to go to a street corner. You can go inside of your living room, hit the life button, and start telling what God has done in your life. God has been faithful. God has been good. God has been, God has been a good God. God has been there every single step of the way. You can begin to do that, bring glory and honor to Jesus Christ. I think we, can, we, we can't get comfortable. We can't be ashamed. We, we can't be timid. You and I have to be bold in our witness of what God has done. The world is bold. The world is is very bold, and you and I, we want to be bold in our witness. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus said, when the Spirit comes upon you, you'll receive power, and you'll be witnesses. You'll be witnesses of what he has done. The Bible says in verse 22, it says, But God has helped me to this very day, so I stand here and testify to small and great alike. I testify to small and great alike. I am saying nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses said would happen, that the Messiah would suffer and be first to rise from the dead, would bring the message of light to his own people and to the Gentiles. He begins to talk about who Jesus is. He begins to talk about what Jesus has done, who he is. And I, I want to tell you, when you begin to talk about Jesus, when you begin to begin to lift up his name, all of a sudden it begins to sh- change the whole atmosphere of your life and your heart. When you begin to talk about how faithful God has been inside of your life, all of a sudden it begins to transfer not only the atmosphere of your heart, but it begins, it begins to transfer the atmosphere of those who are around you. When you begin to talk about the goodness of God and how God has been faithful time and time again, And how God has always come through for us in our life because many of us here today, we've been in those places where we didn't know how God was going to see us through. But what did God do? He always seen us through. He always seen us through. And we begin to talk about that, about Christ revealed, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Prince of peace. When we begin to talk about Jesus and who he is and begin to give glory and honor to God, we can't get ashamed like, oh, you know what, I I want to talk about Jesus to you. No. You and I want to be bold and talk about Jesus. Why? Because he is living inside of us. We want to share the gospel passionately and and boldly. And you and I want to say, you know what, I'm going to do all that I can to reach as many people as I can with who God is in Christ Jesus. Who God is in Christ Jesus. How many of us know the enemy will discourage us from sharing our testimony? Paul, he's giving his testimony there in front of King Agrippa, in front of Festus, in front of their wives. And in verse 23, he says this, and that the Messiah would suffer and be first uh, from the dead, would bring the message of light to his own people and to the Gentiles. At this point, Festus interrupted Paul's defense, and he says these words, you're out of your mind, Paul. He shouted, your great learning is driving you insane. How many of us know that sometimes that happens to you and I when we're sharing the gospel with other people? They go, you're insane. You really think that Jesus is alive? You've lost your mind. And all of a sudden, we could be in that place in our jobs where we we begin to witness and and share about who Jesus is. And people look at us and maybe ostracize us. Maybe they don't want to talk to us no more. Maybe they don't want want to be around us no more. But you know what? That's normal when you share your testimony. There's going to be people who receive it. And then there's going to be people who reject it. The Bible says right here that... that, uh, Festus said, Paul, you're out of your mind. I want to tell you that you and I, that God has given us a renewed mind and the world and the world it, it won't receive it, it it won't embrace it there's always going to be that tension where you and I are going to be rejected by some people but you know what blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness blessed are you and I when people laugh at us when people mock us when people don't want to hang around with us when people say you know what that guy's weird that guy's insane that guy has lost his marbles because the way he talks about Jesus i want to say that is part of the believer's life that is normal Christianity. That's normal Christianity. And when you and I get to that place where we want to be embraced by everyone and we don't want to step on nobody's toes, we're in, we're, in, we're in a scary place. We're compromising what God has called us to do. He's called us to share the light. Some are going to receive it and some are going to reject it. Some are going to say, Danny, you're insane. You've lost your mind. But I know God has renewed my mind. I know God has renewed my heart. I know who Christ is. Another thing that happens is when you and I share our testimony, there are those who come very close to accepting the Lord, but don't. And I think that many times stops us from, from sharing the gospel. We, 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 get, uh, we, get, we get scared. Why? Because we had this person who was really close to accepting Jesus. And then all of a sudden they, they, they turned away. They rejected the gospel. Verse 25. Paul says these words, I'm not insane, most excellent Festus. Paul replied, what I'm saying is true and reasonable. The king is familiar with these things, and I can speak them." Freely to him, I am convinced that none of this has escaped his notice because he has uh, this has not been done in a corner. And look what Paul does to King Agrippa. He says, "King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do." Then Agrippa said to Paul, "Do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian?" I love the way the King James puts it. Agrippa speaking to Paul. Verse 28, then Agrippa said to Paul, almost thou persuadeth me to become a Christian. There's going to be those King Agrippas in our life, at our jobs, in our families, where we come to them and we know know that the Holy Spirit's ministering to them. We know that they're hearing the message. And we're right there and we're sharing the gospel. And they'll look at us and say, you know what, you almost persuade me to be a Christian. But you know, King Agrippa, he was more concerned about the prominence of man. He was more concerned about living his life the way he wanted to live it, with the way he wanted to do things. And he said, you know what, this is inconvenient for me. You're almost persuading me to be a Christian, but you know what, I'm I'm not ready for that yet. Inside of our lives, you and I are going to come to those places where people mock us, and then we're going to come to those places where people get really close to accepting the Lord, but they don't. But even though that happens, you and I cannot say, you know what, I give up. I throw in the towel. I'm no longer going to tell nobody about Jesus Christ because the reality is this. There might be some King Agrippas in our life that they might say, you know what, I'm not ready yet. But maybe two years down the line they say, you know what, I'm ready to give my life over to the Lord now. I'm ready to give my life over to Jesus now. I'm ready to serve God with all of my heart and all of my soul. So you and I cannot stop being relentless in sharing the gospel to other people. Another thing the enemy does, especially to those who grew up in church, he tells you your testimony doesn't matter. I remember years ago um, in Chicago, there was this young man who grew up in church. He's probably about 13 years old, and we were out there. Some of you guys probably know what this is, street evangelism, being on the street corner. And they would have like a PA and a mic and this big speaker kind of like looking like this. And they would be right there, and they say, they start off the sentence with something like, I want to let you know. And they'll say something like, uh, you know, I want to let you know I used to be a, and they begin to say what they used to be. They begin to share their testimony very boldly. They are looking for somebody to give a testimony. They call this 13-year-old. He ran up there. He grew up in church. He grabs that mic and goes, well, <laughs> I used to be a dolphin." I used to be an alcoholic. I used to go out there with all the, he you know, began to say all kinds of things, and all the brothers in the church are just like, what is going on? <laughs> Comes down from his testimony. They said, when did you go out to the world? Is there something you haven't told us? And he looks at them and says, well, that's what all you guys say, so I thought I had to say something like that. <laughs> Let me say this. The most beautiful testimony there is It's for those who stay in church and say, you know what, I'm never gonna go out to the world. I'm never gonna go out there. You don't don't have to backslide and go make yourself, you know, a a testimony. You have a testimony today. You have a testimony of what God has done and what God has spared you from. You have a testimony of seeing God deliver you time and time again, because you can't say that you've never been tempted. But God has delivered you from temptation time and time again. You can stand boldly and say, you know what? God has given me the grace to stand firm. God has given me the grace to do things right. God has given me the grace to come out of the lion's den and be victorious inside of my life. You know, we all know about Daniel in the lion's den. One thing about Daniel is that Daniel lived a righteous life. He didn't, he didn't want nothing to do with the world. But Daniel knew what it was to be in the lion's den. And you young uh, Christians here today that have grew up in church and you did everything right, but you know what it is to be in the lion's den. You know what it is to be out there and to be uh, mocked and to be laughed at. You know what it is to, to be in the lion's den where the, the world is watching you and hoping that you're gonna get torn to lions, but you have a testimony that God delivered you from the lion's den. You have a testimony that in that time and in that place that God got the lion's mouth and he shut the lion's mouth and he protected you, he's seen you through, and that's why you're here today, sir you have a testimony a great testimony of the goodness of God the grace of God and God's grace over your life you can't ever say I don't have a testimony I grew up in church no you have an awesome testimony you want to share that testimony with the world about what God's done in your life and how you're still standing and how you're still going forward and how God still has an awesome plan for your life I mean that's an awesome testimony You've been in church all of your life and you're serving God and you're going forward for God. You never smoked marijuana. You never drank alcohol. Man, that's an awesome testimony. That's a great testimony. Um, your testimony matters. Forget have the worship team make their way up here in closing tonight. What your testimony does for the believers, I want to tell you, your testimony does something to you. It gets your blood, it gets your blood going. It, it, gets, it gets your heart rate going. When you and I share our testimony with somebody else, what does it begin to do? It begins to bless the body of Christ. People begin to come to Jesus. Why? Because the truth of your testimony. What it does for the believers is the believers, it gives you an opportunity to glorify God. How many of you want to glorify God today in your life? How many of you want to give God glory because he's been so good to you? You want to give God glory inside of your life? You want to give God worship, a testimony gives you that opportunity to give glory to God? The Bible says in 1 uh, Chronicles 16 verse 8, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Everyone say, give thanks, to the Lord. give thanks to the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. It says, call upon his name and make known his deeds among the people. That means you tell, you spread what God has done inside of your life. You begin to spread it. You begin to create a culture of evangelism and of giving praise to God, and what does it do? It draws people to the Lord. Not only does the testimony do that, but testimony shows God's deliverance to the next generation. It's so important that we share our testimony with our kids. It's so important that you, sh- you share your testimony with the next generation that's behind you. Deuteronomy chapter six, verse 20, in the future generations, your children will ask you What is the meaning of these laws, decrees, and regulations that the Lord our God has commanded us today? It says, then you must tell them. Everyone say, you must tell them. When we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand, the Lord did miraculous signs and wonders before our eyes, dealing terrifying blows to Egypt and Pharaoh and all his people. He brought us out. Everyone say, he brought us out. Say it like you mean it. He brought us out. He brought us out to bring us into the promised land, amen. Many of us here today, we're in the promised land. We're in the promised land. We are a blessed people, but we forgot about Pharaoh, the devil. We forgot about Egypt. We got to tell our kids, you know what, son? I used to be. But what God has done. Inside of my life, you mothers, inside your daughters, I used to be lost. I used to be bound. But what God has done in my life, I am so proud. He brought me out to bring me in. He brought me out to bring me in to my destination, the promised land. Man, some church kids don't even know how blessed they are. They don't know how good God has been. You and I got to remind them over and over and over and over. Dad wasn't always like this. Grandpa wasn't always the way he was, a nice grandpa. He used to be a bad grandpa. But Jesus set him free. But Jesus changed him. Jesus delivered his life. He brought us out to bring us in, and he provides evidence to the world. We ain't who we used to be. The Bible says in Titus chapter three, verse three, for we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient. That was you. That was me. We were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hating, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Oh man, it's all God. It's all Jesus. It's all Jesus. What he done. On Calvary shedding his blood paying the price as the perfect Lamb of God the blood what did it do it redeemed us that you and I are no longer under the curse of shame and guilt but you and I were bought with the price the precious blood of the Lamb of God and that you and I could come without shame without guilt why because of what he's done on Calvary to set us free that's what Jesus did for you and I he's so good he's so good he's so good he's so good and when you and I know how good he is we want to share that testimony with those who don't know so they can know that he's good that he's faithful and that he's right his righteousness his power the king of all kings, the lord of all lords, the prince of peace, Jesus Christ. Changes everything. Forget to have every head bowed and every eye closed in reverence to the Lord. Maybe you're here today and you want your sins forgiven. The Bible says for all have sinned, every single one of us. We all fall shor- short of the glory of God. Every single one of us here today, we've all sinned. We've all lied, we've all we've all maybe stolen things. There's sin inside of our life. But the, the Bible has really good news. The gospel of Jesus. Christ, the Bible says that but God commended his love towards us while we were sinners. Christ Jesus died. That you and I can what? That you and I can have freedom from sin. That you and I can have forgiveness of our sins. That you and I can also have eternal life. So maybe you're here tonight and you say, you know what? I want to be forgiven. I want, I want, I want to be changed inside of my life. Slip your hand up, put it right back down. You want